Ooh. But do you like Carolina pecan pie? Or is it the northern only northern pecan pie? What the hell the do south, I know so about I varieties of pecan pie? Uh, Wait, what's what's the northern pecan pie different uh, than the southern pecan pie? Uh, <laughs> made with peanuts. <laughs> Red Raiders. Hello. Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators. With the occasional side quest for presidential fact books and an amazing financing deal on a new 2020 Ford Explorer hybrid. Yay! <laughs> My name is Fenwall Griswick. And I'm Chaotic Anarchy. And as always, I am the Kilt of the Sea Lord, TK. Yay! Ah. And welcome everyone to our President's Day uh, podcast. Thanks, Griswicks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have to hit all the major holidays, so here yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. Although I still think we should take off for the 4th of July. Is that a Tuesday? Let's not get carried away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked having off in December for that one week, and uh, I feel like this might be another one of those opportunities. Don't make the viewers sad. Uh, we're going to be doing our regular show today. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what's happening in the community. Our tabletop treasure trove, where TK discusses capes, cowls, and villains foul. <laughs> I love that name. And then our regular segments, Tea Time and What's in the Box. What's but first box? up, I'm obsessed with Twitter, and that's why I sound weird. <laughs> <laughs> they have a hashtag, admit movies you've never seen, and I'm completely, uh, I'm, I'm hooked on this. Look, uh, I, I just want to make up a movie. And just see how many people go in that they've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters 7. I've never seen that one. It was such a great movie. How have you not seen it? <laughs> Dirt Road Diva 1 says that she's never seen any of the Harry Potters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if you, had ne- if you lived in a world where everybody else had seen Harry Potter and you had not? Everywhere you go, just like no spoilers, please. <laughs> I know TK hates that movie with a with a burning passion. <laughs> I'm working on making hatred my own of sorting movie, hat for my friend, and I'm really excited about it. I've only just 3D printed wands because I have a 3D printer, and it seemed like a really good idea when I did it. Do you make up wands for characters that don't exist in the Harry Potter universe? I make them up for characters that that exist in my D&D games. And if there was ever a chance of them saying, hey, do you want to make a Harry Potter character for a new book? I'd be like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> do you sell those wands on eBay, but under different names like Purry Hotter? <laughs> <laughs> Made them up for a friend's uh, cosplay because she wanted to be a underground wand dealer. Germany Hanger. <laughs> 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 Get your Germany Hanger wand only here on eBay. Three dollars. <laughs> Made in China. No, no. Careful of the lead paint kits. <laughs> also, I want to thank Mandy for injecting TK with a saline solution so that he can do the show tonight. <laughs> Top notch stuff. It's community update. So tonight 
is the stinky fundraiser. And it's yes. happening. It's here. Oh my hey. god. The TK. stink razor is here. All the work you did, TK, it's here. <laughs> Holy crap. Our time is nigh. How you feeling, TK? I'm excited. I, I didn't do all that much work. Most of it was just the community as a whole. Like, hey, I'm trying to do this thing. Then you came up with the hashtag, and then the hashtag kind of took off. Like, I check it every morning when I wake up. Like, there were 39 new tweets about this from midnight to 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> So for community update, we're just going to go over the schedule so that everyone can know what's going on and you can see if you want to come out and hang with us. Um, for Friday, I will be DMing Roll for Chaos. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Starts at 8 p.m. and goes to 12. This is going to be very challenging for me. Um, I feel like for fundraisers, this is the time to do crazy things you've never done before for a good cause. So this is one of my crazy things. I will be DMing without preparing at all. It will be <laughs> completely improvised from beginning to end. So I have no idea what's going to happen. I came up with a system with dice. Um, so they will determine like the location, um, the people we meet. I'm going to be using generators to help find treasure and random things to kind of make it kind of funny. So that should be very interesting. I'm a little nervous about it, but it's for a good cause. And I have a great group of people. So I think... It will be a great stream. So you're you're taking a page from the uh, TA school of remedial DMing. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up as you go along and hope it works out. <laughs> yes, it could go either really badly or really well. <laughs> we'll find out. It's worked for me for the past ten years. So I would love to take that community college course. By the way, then we have So Maddie Games, who will be DMing Retroverse. Yes, oh, I'm so excited, and the co-creator. Luis Abadeus. Abadeus. Abadas. Abadas. Yes. Okay. We'll be there and a part of the game. So definitely look out for that. Awesome. Will he draw things as we go along? <laughs> that would be really cool. We should recommend that at the very end. Maybe you could do it as a giveaway. We really need a Walkman. Go. <laughs> Mimic Walkman. Yes. <laughs> Don't give him any more ideas. He did do, a, did do a post on Twitter on what else should go in the Mimic Arcade. Everyone who plays the game needs a Wacom tablet. <laughs> <laughs> the Sleeping God will be DMing Eldridge Feelings. Uh, that will be from 4 to 8 a.m. We have Sean, who's going to be doing D&D 5E from 8 to 10 a.m. We have Starfinder with New Wildcat 62, who was on the podcast previously. Uh, that will be early in the morning from 10 a.m. to 1. Then TK is going to lead Blind CA through a game of Trine. <laughs> <laughs> from 1 to 2. <laughs> because we had an hour spot and I thought, why not? <laughs> so that should be fun. And then we have two to five with So Maddie Games again, uh, playing the game Capers by Craig Campbell. We have at 5 p.m. TK's Murder Palace. Yes. 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 Where we're all going to die. And so <laughs> I mean, you're, you're supposed to be investigating a murder, but one of you is an actual murderer. So. Exactly. And so when I kill everyone, <laughs> we'll all be dead. <laughs> Then we have Threads of Fate, um, which is at 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. 
and this is all the way this is on Saturday and then on Sunday there's even more stuff going on uh, welcome to the party on their channel they are going to be uh, streaming RPG games all day long uh, to help support the cause for stinky it was great of them to help us out Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Such a great group of people. If you haven't heard of them and you can't make it to, you know, the fundraiser, you should definitely go out there and see them anyway. Another time, go see their streams, go check out their Twitter page. Uh, the nicest people you'll meet there in their community. They have a Discord, too. It's very active, uh, a great place to meet friends and join games. Uh, they will be on Sunday starting at 12 p.m. to 3 uh, the Cobalt Crown, which is D&D 5e. They have 3 to 6 p.m. They're doing Steven Universe Hack, which is a D&D 5e game. They have Bardic Knock and Crew, which is the D&D 3.5 game, which is from 6 to 9. And then <laughs> Mets Girl's probably going to kill me because I, I didn't even ask her how to pronounce her title. <laughs> it's Triple of Trouble in Tisfru, <laughs> D&D 5e game. Which she came up with this title in her shower, so I thought that was quite amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I it's girl. So. Yes. <laughs> Tisfru apparently is a word that is mixed up from her shampoo bottle, so I thought that was quite amusing that she came up with it. She, she had to write it down real quick with soap, just <laughs> doodling on the wall of the shower. She's going to she's gonna be scrubbing those soap stains off for a while. <laughs> just the build up. She'll like, what? Ten years from now. <laughs> if you can find out what shampoo bottle is, I will give you a set of dice. <laughs> Just reach out to me. Let me know. That will be from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. on Sunday. And that will complete the Stink Razor, which is very exciting. And Soul Bear RPG will be hanging out with us also. They'll be there for Threads of Fate on Saturday. So make sure you say hi to them as well. And regardless of whether you can make it or not, uh, in the description below, there's going to be a link to the uh, Stink Razor information. Um, you know, if you can't make it but still want to donate, definitely click on the link and head on over and uh, find out a little bit about Alex. And, uh, you know, help out a worthy cause. That'd be great. Yeah, we would really appreciate it. Get on down and party! All right, TK. Uh, the game, as you mentioned earlier, is Capes, Cows, Villains, and Villains Foul. I, I really like this game. I've got to play it a few times. It actually was a Kickstarter that I did a while ago. Is this just because the title's so cool? The, uh, the title is cool. The gameplay, it's my favorite kind of game. It D6, of course. <laughs> also, <laughs> so, you know, uh, of course I'm going to love it. But it's also uh, the way uh, the game is set up, you're... Playing as comic book superheroes. Okay. Okay. So your character and everything you build, like you can be completely over the top. I just want to clarify: Are these superheroes uh, who exist in regular comic books, like Marvel, or or is it like you're making up your own person? Uh, you can take uh, from that the Marvel, DC, Dark Horse universe and make up a character. Uh, there are actually some people who did do that and put them out online for free. Like, oh, here are the stats for the entire X-Men. Ah, okay. And, but you can make your own. I like it because it, you could just be completely overpowered. And, it, of course, very narrative-based system. But let's say you know, CA is a villainess who decides, I want to go take over that hero's lair. But there's an impenetrable fortress around it. I want to dig under their lair, under all their shields, and just through their basement you can do that 
Mm. There will be complications to it, which be, you know, okay, you don't have any digging skill, but you have a mind control. So you have a lot of people who are just digging for you. <laughs> is this adversarial? Like you guys are against each other or is, are you working as a team? You're supposed to be working as a team. I've, okay. I've uh, played it with, I've ran the game, two different games of it where it was the heroes versus the villains, which was interesting and actually kind of fun. <laughs> I would think that you wouldn't like a game where all the characters, none of them can die, right? Because they're superheroes. They can die. You can die. What if everybody's Horribly. Superman? Unless you're Superman, and I hate Superman. Yeah, uh, you get four Supermen. What kind yeah. of game is that? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> someone uh, did that one of the times I ran this game. Like, oh, want to be Superman? Like, no. okay. So you you have to take something that is like a negative effect on you. Like, oh, you know, a com- what's called a complication. So you could say, oh, my complication is that I need coffee or else I become evil. so superman plus gremlins yeah like uh the person who wanted to play the superman character is like okay your complication is going to be you can't actually do anything without your cape 10 minutes in loses his cape Oh Mm. well you you gotta gotta go to work you got his cape i mean superman can't do anything without their phone booth so (laughs) i would burn that shit down you got his cape pickpocketed (laughs) by a street urchin who now had all of his superpowers. He was nothing but a normal human. <laughs> Interesting. So this comes with like, does is there different like adventures that you can buy for this? There are. There's a lot of pre-built adventures. And mm-hmm. uh, the updated book they released in 2016 actually has a bunch of pre-built characters that are legally different. I like how it says that in the beginning of the book. They're legally different than <laughs> any current characters in production by... Uh, the comic book agencies like um, there's one called Red Phoenix whose backstory is that uh, he lost his parents mm-hmm. he was adopted by another rich superhero and taught to be a vigilante no longer looks up to said vigilante because he realizes that his way of doing things was not right and came back from the dead like okay <laughs> There's that. Uh, he came back by mystical forces at a undisclosed location. I'm just seeing a Batman story arc in my head right now. Well, in all fairness, I think that most comic books use the same tropes over and over again. So a Batman storyline is a Superman storyline is a Spider-Man storyline. <laughs> it's the Bucky roll. No one can really die. The adventures that come with it, are they kind of like six superheroes that go to save someone? Are they... Adventures are kind of funny. Uh, I, I say funny because they are tiny little comic books that kind of give you the like example of like how to start the adventure. And the rest of it kind of... It, it is the first game where I thought I had run off the rails D&D games. Give people superpowers who are used to <laughs> D&D. Oh, yeah, it went off the rails really quick because, uh, like, the the demo adventure, you're just supposed to, as a hero, you're supposed to stop a lab break-in. As a villain, you're supposed to break into the lab. The heroes decided, rather than stopping the lab break-in, they were going to go to the lab, set up the lab, set up traps around said lab, because one of them was a 
uh, had a bunch of skills in science and telepathy and nuke the bad guys from orbit. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, I mean, this game makes me nervous. You know, part of the fun of playing any game is that you have to have rules. And, you know, staying within those rules is part of the fun. Well, I feel like it depends on, like, the, the GM also on what they prefer. They could always add rules if they want to. There's also um, what they're called, because it's, it's like a comic book. There are what are called editorial points. Mm-hmm. Or uh, you could also buy what are called unknown points, where you can spend a bunch of points to make something happen. But the the downside of that is you can do stuff like, you know, make a meteor cannon to drop <laughs> meteors on the bad guys from space. But that also affects you as the player, because spending all those points means you don't get them back. Once they're spent, they're spent. So yeah, those players spend all their points as on their hero actions to nuke the bad guys from orbit. And when it was the bad guy's turn, they still had all their points getting there. They had all their, their skills ready. And there's no... The rests aren't between... Uh, like in D&D, okay, we're going to have a long rest between a session. Mm-hmm. It's per, what they call, episode, which is the entire campaign. Wow. Yeah, but TK, they got nuked from space. They don't have any points <laughs> left. <in bed. laughs> That's the point of nuking them from space. The the one the there's a fun ability in here called I don't die. <laughs> that is actually the ability name. <laughs> you, which essentially Very you creative. don't you don't die. You just keep coming back uh, forty six times that you roll at the beginning, and it just seems it's really expensive to get though. You have fifty points to build your character that costs mm-hmm. thirty. It's like, you're going to spend over 50% of your points just to say, okay, I can come back eight times. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like a bunch of six-year-olds got together and were like, oh, and you can never die. And uh, it, but you have to roll to find out how many times you can come back because you can't come back forever. And then those kids grew up. And when they were like in their 20s, they were like smoking a joint. And they were like, hey, do you remember when we were kids and we came up with that game? We should actually put that down on paper. I wouldn't doubt it, honestly, when you're looking through the game. It's a solid game with the right group because it's meant to be a fun game. Like just it's really good for like one shots, things like that. But as a long form campaign, Mm -hmm. it, it would get really old. Just because it's like, oh, I'm the I'm the editor, I'm the GM. This is what you're going to do. This is where you know you're supposed to be going. Someone could use a uh, editorial point to say, well, I want to change the direction of the story. Do you get like a whiteboard with a quote bubble in the middle, and then everything that you <laughs> want to say, you have to write down in all caps? It's all in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a game I would I would suggest would suggest people pick up as like a, hey, you know, this is going to be a fun weekend game. This is a game you pick up. You're like, okay, this is a game where we're going to play this just like I did. I picked it up. I played it once. We're going to remember this fondly, and then we're going to bring it out again and realize <laughs> it was fun that one time because we were all probably drunk. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of the Thread Raiders podcast is brought to you by the letters Q and Umlaut. 
This episode is also sponsored by Tabletop Loot, the best place on the web to find quality gaming accessories for your D&D, Pathfinder, Fate, or whatever TTRPG you happen to love is, game. Sure, that's English. They also have mugs, dice jails, and other great miscellany. And if you use the code THREADRAIDERS at checkout, you will receive a discount off your entire order. I find it hard to believe you're going to find a better deal than that. Visit TabletopLoot.com today to check out their great selection of gear. Tabletop Loot, loot for every table. This episode is also sponsored by Founders Coffee. This is our President's Day episode, and so I'd like to take a moment to remember just how close we came to anarchy. Sure, George Washington was a great guy with a monetary face who pulled a modern-day Cincinnatus, but not all of our founding fathers held it together. Adams and Jefferson were at each other's throats, so much so that they died on the same day so that neither could claim that they beat the other to the grave. John Quincy Adams swam nude in the Potomac River every day, and Andrew Jackson was shot in the heart and yet refused to die because he wasn't done being ornery. Do you know why these first years were so insane? Because none of these people had coffee. That's why there's Founders Coffee. Wake up in the morning with a great cup of their delicious Old Glory Roast, or their savory Sons of Liberty Roast, which also comes in decaf. Founders Coffee is a small batch roasting company, meaning they're not populated with thousands of machines that accidentally burn a bunch of the beans. They are personally roasting you a great bag of Good Morning Sunshine using coffee sourced from privately owned farms. To keep the presidents in your life headed in a sane direction, head to www.founderscoffee.us and pick up a bag today. Founders Coffee, patriotic to the last drop. And now, back to our show. Get on down and party! Welcome to Tea Time, the portion of our show where we check the so-called facts from the underside of a popular beverage tea brand, uh, who shall remain nameless. Uh, your options will be true, false, or huh? I will read each fact and then wait for your response. You know, honestly, we never tried to reach out to our tea brand. We never really gave them a chance. I, I tried to on like Twitter. Did you? Did they yeah. respond? I got a generic response back on, thank you for reaching out to us. <laughs> uh, like, that was when I started that was when I started to coast on a pot, the podcast back in, what, November of last year? <laughs> it's been Go almost six months. Back to being a non-known tea brand. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed my mind. Snapcap fact number 865. Harry Truman was the last U.S. president to not have a college degree. I want to say true, because I believe all the other presidents have had degrees. Well, he was the first, they're saying. No, last. Oh, last. Last? The last U.S. president to not have a college degree. How many presidents have they had since then? <laughs> Twelve. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Um, I was just, I was doing the math. I was like going through the names <laughs> in my head. I was like, how many? Okay, there, there, there. <laughs> You're going to have to fill that silent gap with like <laughs> some Jeopardy music. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, 12, I don't know, 12 presidents. Well, 12 since Truman was in. Right. True. All right. Final answer? True. Not really. Okay. <laughs> and the answer is true. Hey. Yay. Woo. Uh, Harry Truman grew up poor, uh, and his only application was to West Point because they had free tuition. Uh, however, he was denied. 
Um, other presidents since then, Eisenhower was also poor, but did get accepted to West Point. Uh, he was part of the class of 1915, which is known as the class the stars fell on because uh, many, many of their uh, graduating class ended up becoming general officers. Uh, JFK got an undergrad at Harvard. LBJ got a BS from SWTSTC. Uh, Nixon got a BS from Whittier College in California and a JD from Duke, uh, which was Order of the Quaff. Um, Ford had an economics degree from University of Michigan and then skipped the NFL uh, after they made him an offer to get a JD from Yale in 1941. Uh, Carter had a BS from the Naval Academy, Reagan, Eureka College in 1932, economics and sociology. H.W. Bush and his son W. Bush are both famous for going to Yale. Uh, Clinton, uh, Georgetown, Oxford, and Yale. Obama, B.A. from Columbia University in New York. And Donald Trump has B.S. from Wharton at the University of Pennsylvania. Cool. A lot of presidents have a lot of B.S.'s. Yes. <laughs> Notice that, did you? They get bigger as they go on. <laughs> it's, that whole, it's that whole four years thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Snapcap fact number 494. Wipe the leaves of your plants with the soft inside of a banana skin to bring up shine and remove dust. I've heard this as being true, but I don't know if it's one of those internet yeah, fake news uh, kind of crap. I'm going to mm. stick with huh, because I've never heard that in my life. Do they serve bananas on naval vessels? Yeah, <laughs> but there aren't many... <laughs> Houseplants around. Do you have yeah, to pull into like course. Hawaii for special fruit day? Get them from the monkeys. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go true. All right, and the answer is true. Yes. Oh, wow! Thank you for not failing me, Internet. Leafy plants. Uh, this is specific to leafy plants, so not nettled plants like a Douglas fir. Uh, you can't use this at Christmas time to spruce up your tree. <laughs> Uh, bananas are a, a major source of potassium. Uh, potassium is used in shoe polish, it turns out. And uh, the reason for that is that it uh, actually it rejuvenates, if you will, dead skin or dead cells. And so thus it is also useful on leafy plants. Uh, bananas also contain banana oil. Uh, so like any oil, it fills in the cracks and creases, which also gives it a refurbished look. I wonder if you I could shine your that. shoes. With a banana? With a banana peel. Probably. Yes. I mean, I the answer is yes. I looked that up. No. Cool. That would be See, interesting. They have an entire YouTube series about shining your shoes with various <laughs> No, I don't. Really? Yes. Oh, with various items. I thought it was all about bananas. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you can shine these. this shoe. Yeah. And now I shine shoe. my teeth. And now uh-huh. I shine my glass. <laughs> Let's shine these, uh, you know, Bates combat-issued military combat boots for inspection with a banana. I, <laughs> I love how TK says it with the banana. Your CEO will see you, you know, polishing your boots with a banana. We're like, uh, we're going to get you turfed over to psych just for the day. Uh, take that man's weapon, please. <laughs> Snapcap fact number 345. The popsicle was invented in 1905 by an 11-year-old boy. Sounds like it should be true. Yeah, I'll go with true. All right, TK, was that yeah. your final answer? Or are you still? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
stick with true. Because I was thinking about it, like, we've heard some weird stuff when inventing things from the snap caps, and they've typically been true. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It is pretty hard to uh, screw up an invention. <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is true. Yay! Uh, that 11-year-old boy's name was Francis William, uh, a.k.a. Frank Epperson. Uh, who was born in Oakland, California. One day he was mixing some soda and wanted to chill it. So he sat it on his back porch overnight. Uh, It was on a particularly cold night. It froze with the straw inside of it. Next day when he woke up, he had himself a treat. Uh, It took uh, quite a while, about 17 years, before he actually got into the world of ice pops. Um, He began by calling them popsicles and actually got himself sued by the Good Humor Company, uh, which owns the trademark to the word popsicle. Wow. Uh, Good Humor Briars also owns the trademarks to Creamsicle and Fudgesicle. Uh, they also have a Yosicle, which is a creamsicle with bacteria in it, <laughs> and a Revelo Bar, uh, which is an ice cream covered in chocolate on a stick. On a stick. Yeah. Fun fact if you're in England, you have no idea what the f we're talking about. <laughs> so allow me to clarify these are ice lollies. Uh, oh. Yes, they have a different terminology over there. I love how you said that. If you're in England, you know fucking what we're talking about. <laughs> Other fun fact, if you're in Australia, you have no idea what the f*** we're talking about. <laughs> Allow me to clarify, these are ice poles. Oh. Uh, yes. wow. Other fun fact, if you're in New Zealand, you have no idea what the f*** we're talking about. <laughs> Allow me to clarify, these are ice blocks. <laughs> ice but what about... Blocks. What about Norway? What did you they go call down the there? street and get me an ice block? It sounds like you're killing somebody. In Norway, they're called uh, building facades. They you actually <laughs> you, you create banks and things like that out of them. Oh my god! Snapcap fact number eighty-nine: <laughs> the average American walks eighteen thousand steps a day. When? <laughs> On an average day. No, but like. From what year to year? Like, over time, I feel like it's changed. Uh, Well, so it did not specify on the cap. I'm going to say false. Well, since it didn't specify, wouldn't that be a huh? Mm, that's a good point. Nope. I'm, I'm going to try. I've never won on a huh, but I'm going to do it today. Uh, I'm going to stick with false. <laughs> All right. And the answer is false. No. Hey. <laughs> Why is it false? Tell us, Grizz. Uh, So you may remember that in episode 25, we talked about a cap that talked about uh, the average human walks the distance from New York to Miami. And during that episode, I brought up a study published in 2010 of over 1,000 Americans, uh, which found that the average person walks 5,117 steps, not 18,000, which would be more than triple. Um, since then, there has been another study in 2016, which has raised that number to 6,000 steps, but still nowhere near the 18,000 that would make the cap correct. Hmm. Um, 18,000 steps is nine miles. By comparison, 5,000 steps is two and a half. So that kind of gives you an idea of about how far we actually walk. Um, during episode 25, we did talk about how other countries around the world uh, walk significantly more than Americans, so, but in this case, the cap does say specifically American walks. That's, mm. that's what 
made me think false. Like the an American. I mean, we're American. I know people who don't walk that much. <laughs> uh, fun fact: the Amish absolutely kick our asses at walking. Uh, it turns out that adults and children who are our Amish average a daily step count of sixteen thousand, uh, which yeah. is pretty extraordinary. Which it is. you know, if if the Amish used uh, modern conveniences, they would have the perfect uh, setup for a kinetic energy modulation and storage just by walking. It's installed a bunch of kinetic floors. They power their houses just by walking around their neighborhoods. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to TK <laughs> to improve their lifestyle by completely destroying their lifestyle. <laughs> I mean, it's what I do. <laughs> Snapcat fact number 1171. Teddy bears get their namesake from Theodore Teddy Roosevelt, who once refused to shoot a black bear. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say false. It's like, true. Nope. I know this story. And You know this story? I know the story about the teddy bears. My mom loves teddy bears. So oh. Teddy bears is the thing that I just Talked got. about shooting bears? No, just got <laughs> randomly curious about how did that come to be. <laughs> oh, well, now I feel like I have to switch. Well, yeah. All right, uh, then. I'm, I'm going to say false. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, false. Interesting. And my answer is true. Oh. Uh, so I got this from the Theodore Roosevelt Association, who, of course, is biased. Um, just out of curiosity, what's your version of the bear story? Uh, there was, uh, it was originally, I think, a sock a girl made uh, that she gave, that she turned into a, like, stuffy. Sure. For the president. Like, a gift for the president. Interesting. So the story that the... Uh, Theodore Roosevelt Association has is that uh, in 1902, uh, Teddy Roosevelt refused to shoot an old black bear uh, while hunting in Mississippi because it would be uh, unsportsmanlike. Uh, And so uh, this story made its way into the newspapers. Uh, There was a gentleman named Clifford Burryman who was a political cartoonist for the Washington Post. Uh, He drew up a version of that story as a political cartoon. Um, and the Bears actually began making regular appearances in various Teddy Roosevelt political cartoons, both in the Washington Post and then eventually in other newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, this made them incredibly popular. Um, a candy shop owner named Morris Mitchum uh, from New York saw one of these Bear comics and got an idea. Uh, his wife made uh, bears that looked very similar to the ones that were appeared in the comics. And so he had his wife make up a couple bears and he put them in his window. Uh, he owned a candy shop. So eventually, the, those bears became so popular that he began the Ideal Novelty and Toy Company, um, you know, making teddy bears and various other things. That company became so big that at some one point it was the largest doll manufacturer in the world uh, in the 1940s. Every time I hear a doll now, I just think, you know what? Dolls are creepy as hell. Yeah, they really are. Especially when they like do that one eye blink thing. Like it like slow, that one eyelid just slowly blinks down. Like I, like <laughs> I told Poon in the Discord. Or, Poon! No, was, uh, I was like, if, uh, you know, random dolls start showing up on the Minecraft server, I'm installing tanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been a weird addition to Fallout, just like. <laughs> <laughs> they did that, though, in uh, Fallout 
three and in seventy six one of the new updates uh, puts in the more you know more of the storyline that people keep saying isn't there. There are random dolls you can find. Like, nope. As soon as I see one, I'm shooting it. <laughs> kind of reminds me of like Bioshock. They had some really crazy masks in that game. Doll masks would be rough. <laughs> but it fits, don't, I feel. Don't be a splicer and you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Snapcap fact number 1379. There is a volcano on Mars the size of Arizona. I see. I don't know my planets that well. It's the red one. Uh, Would there be a volcano on Mars? <laughs> Thanks. I, there's... What is the climate like on Mars? <laughs> Chilly with a chance of dust. <gasps> so will uh, there be a volcano on it? Da, da, da. I'll, I'll answer that for you. Yes, there, there are volcanoes on Mars. I want to say true. Yeah, I go with true. I mean, it sounds like something that would that just fits Mars. <laughs> that is so Mars. Named after the <laughs> god of war, you would expect a planet with a little bit of chutzpah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done, because the answer is true. Yay. Yay. Uh, the volcano in question is Olympus Mons. It is the largest volcano uh, on Mars and the highest point on Mars. Um, it is a shield volcano, 624 kilometers in diameter. Uh, that's 374 miles for what that's worth. Uh, area is pi r squared, and so uh, we calculate that out. The area of Olympus Mons, 306,000 square kilometers. Uh, the area of Arizona, 295,000 square kilometers. And so Olympus Mons is just a touch bigger. Hmm. Uh, those facts, th courtesy of NASA, of course. Thanks, NASA. Yes. Link in the description below. They have a fantastic map where they literally superimposed Arizona over top of their volcano. Uh, that is actually kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, after we're done with the podcast, I'm going to go look at that. <laughs> Fun fact, volcanoes on Mars are significantly bigger than those on Earth due to the relative rareness of Mars quakes. Uh, on Earth, our volcanoes get cut off from the magma source due to our frequently shifting crust, a.k.a. the earthquakes. You know, I never thought the different different planet would be a different quake. Yes. Well, think about our Earth is basically like a pie crust with a bunch of blueberries under it. Uh, and Mars is like a shoe fly pie. Just dusty. Mm. Do you love I shoe love fly shoe pie. fly pie. Yeah. We've yeah. gone down nice a, the wrong coffee. track. That's my favorite pie. This analogy is burning in, <laughs> extra wet, burning in the atmosphere. So good, <laughs> the Amish making. The, the the entry point was a little too far to the left. We got the wrong angle, and uh, well, I feel like it's the right angle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, TK, what's your favorite pie? Pumpkin. Oh, have you had Sam's pumpkin pie yet? Yeah, I get it every year. Oh, it's so good. It's actually how we with met. whipped cream. On Over a pumpkin thread pie. on Twitter. That's right. About pumpkin pie. <laughs> <laughs> Memories. <laughs> See, pie brings everyone together. Grizzix, what's your favorite pie? I'm a pecan man. Mm, oh. That chocolate pecan or just regular no, pecan? No, pecan pie is the only pie that does not contain fructose, and so it is the only one that I allow myself every now and then. But Ooh. But do you like Carolina pecan pie? Or is it the northern, only northern pecan pie? What the I'm hell the do south, I know so about varieties of pecan pie? Uh, Wait, what's what's the northern 
pecan pie different uh, than the southern pecan pie? Uh, it's made with peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Carolina pecan pie uh, is more of like a velvety kind of pie. <laughs> it can't and, be made of peanuts, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's not even at, we're not even at, um, it's like what's the joke the is slowly unrolling in my mind. Chris, Chris, Chris has managed to break me before what's in the pot. <laughs> ah, that's a good podcast. <laughs> and finally, Snapcat fact number 1457. It is possible to record four outs in one half inning of baseball. I hate these baseball questions. I don't like baseball. Four outs and one half inning? True. False. Ooh. Are you saying that just for the win? I want to win. (laughs) (laughs) So I say false. (laughs) And the answer is false. Hey. (laughs) Tried to sway me. (laughs) Are you sure? Says (laughs) Grizzrix. I mean, that's his job. He's like the GM. (laughs) Tell us why, Chris. This gets really kind of complicated. Try to follow with me here. Uh, So the fourth out actually has its own Wikipedia page. Uh, That's how complex this is. So feel free to look it up. The link will be in the description below. But basically, it works like this. Even if the guy on third touches home plate, the score does not count under certain circumstances. A, he fails to tag up while on third during a flyout. I think we all know about that one. B, for some reason, he runs egregiously outside of the baseline, uh, which, of course, there would be no reason for due to the fact that he's not rounding third. He's starting at third. And then C, and this is germane to the situation, the batter turned runner doesn't touch first base. Okay. So what does that mean? If you throw the first base person out, he's not obliged to touch first base. However, if the first base runner, I'm sorry, if the batter who is running to first base doesn't touch first base and isn't called out, then technically the guy who just touched home is still on base. So if there is a a triple play, (laughs) I suddenly realized (laughs) without a diagram, this is just word Uh, rambling. I'm trying to see it. Yes. What I I'd like to do it. is start again, and what I'll, I'll go downstairs, I'll get some alphabet soup and pour it out into a bowl and just read you what I see there. We're just going to eat a like Ouija board now. <laughs> the Trillady of SpaghettiOs. If the batter, while he's running the first base, <laughs> thinks that the inning is over because he sees the third out somewhere else and just wanders off the baseline back to the dugout, technically, if somebody has attempted to score by touching home plate, that person is still on third base and thus can be tagged out <laughs> in a fourth out. However, what's on second? I say all of that in order to say this. The fact says record four outs, and that is incorrect. Uh, even third if base. all of that craziness happens and there are four outs or five outs or six outs in half of an inning, it doesn't matter because only three of them are recorded, and that's what makes it incorrect. Uh, yes. I was thinking you can, as I know, like I know it's possible to have four outs, 
but they only record three. So the fourth is just kind of a technicality of rules of, hey, this exists. We're just not going to record it. Correct. It is a technicality. And so according to the rules, the guy who's standing on home plate is called out. Uh, and that his out is the one that's recorded, regardless of what else has happened. This is why umpires get punched. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, for what it's worth, it's never actually happened in a Major League Baseball game. However, there is uh, video evidence of it happening in a college game. Fun fact, you can start a tailgate charcoal barbecue with potato chips instead of mineral spirits to avoid the cancer. Hmm. Hmm. So just going to start getting all those potato chips nobody likes to eat and just put them on my fire that's right uh other fun fact if you're in england you have no idea what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> allow me to clarify a uh, white spirit is called mineral spirits here in the united states also chips are called crisps crisps yes and so by a final score to five to four ca is our winner yay, yay. congratulations and now it's time for what's in the box. What's in the box? Everybody ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. You are currently sitting atop the cage of a mineshaft elevator as it slowly descends into the dark and musty layer of the dogface creatures who have pet-napped your two companions. The ride itself is innocuous as your hiding spot is perfection. But getting off the elevator turns out to be a frustratingly difficult task. Unexpectedly, there is always at least one dog face waiting at the bottom who needs a ride back to the top. So even when the car is temporarily empty, getting down from your perch and escaping further into the complex without being detected has proven impossible. And so you ride up and down the elevator shaft endlessly for hours taking turns filing your cuticles and listening to the unintelligible conversations of various group of dog faces. Shortly after your third nap, you notice a pattern. Given that you have precious little to preoccupy yourself, you start counting heads. And you realize that a significantly higher number of dog faces are coming down the elevator shaft than going back up. In fact, you start to recognize certain dog face guards who appear to come up round up new groups, and bring them down below. You surmise that the dog faces are gathering below for some unknown reason. After several hours stationed in your mobile prison, an even better opportunity arrives. On the final trip back to the top, a cadre of dog-faced guards leaves the elevator only to return shortly thereafter, with one final small group of eight dog faces who are carrying an extremely intricate arc. The top of the arc is covered in some sort of shiny onyx-like material that makes it impossible from your current position to identify the features on the statues that sit atop the lid. The sides of the arc are covered in gold. The arc is held aloft by four long sturdy paws, arranged in an octothorpe. That's a hashtag for those of you who haven't been raised, right? <laughs> the eight pallbearers are equally interesting. Though they are carrying the Ark on their shoulders, they appear to be taking great pains to avoid looking directly at their payload. Four of them step sideways, and two of them are walking backwards. In fact, 
Even the guards avoid direct eye contact with their charge. The large group carefully works its way into the elevator. You can see from above that two of the poles have previously been sawn down to accommodate the width of the elevator. As the final courier settles into position, the elevator lets out an agonized groan. The dog face nearest the controls hotwires that panel, and once again the lot of you descend into the depths. Every occupant of the carriage pins themselves to the wall, looking outward at the uninspiring stone walls as they pass by, as to ensure that they don't so much as peek at the ark. Ironically, this is the most unguarded guarded box you've ever seen, so you decide to take advantage. Silently, you slide back the hatch through which you climbed so many hours ago and dangle yourself above the ark. Using your thighs to keep yourself from falling into the car, you reach down and turn the locking mechanism located dead center in the lid of the box. Despite the grinding whirl of the elevator's motors, the releasing of the latch blasts out a shockingly loud clicking noise. Assuming you're about to be hacked to pieces, you shut your eyes tight and pray there's an afterlife. Then you open your eyes. Apparently, the dog faces cannot face the box even while it's being robbed. I guess what they say is true. One person's ticket to heaven is another person's ticket to hell. My question for you is this. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> so when you pull this object out of the tube, uh, it feels kind of like a leather type material wrapped up um, so that it will be able to fit in this container. Okay. So it's like a shirt. It's No, it's a thicker beat up leather, kind of like how you have um, like your kitchen knives, how they wrap them up. They roll them up like that. Okay. Uh, that's what it feels like. It's like a beaten up leather. It's pretty worn. Does it uh, feel like flesh? It does. Well, I've seen enough Elder Tours now. <laughs> <laughs> does it does it have any writing on the outside, or is there like a ribbon or anything? Uh, so you do see writing on the outside of it. Um, it does look ritualistic. Not gonna read it. If I were to read the writing, uh, what would uh, would it uh, invoke any sort of magic? Uh, nothing would happen if you read it, no. Is it an instruction manual for assembling uh, basically this house of knives? <laughs> well, I didn't say there was knives in it. I'm just saying to explain how it's wrapped up and oh, rolled up okay. and how thick it is. Yeah. Um, but yes, it is an explanation directions of sort. Is it a flying carpet? It is not <laughs> a flying carpet. No. <laughs> it's probably about like maybe like 11 inches long, but you haven't unrolled it yet to see how wide it would go. Okay. I unrolled the flying carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Does it start singing a whole so we, When you unroll the non-flying carpet <laughs> made of flesh, <laughs> you undo. It looks like horse's hair has it wrapped. And then you, <laughs> um, when you lay it out in front of you, it probably goes about like three or four feet long. And there's two layers to it. And on the top are all of these utensils um, that you may see in like a, a dentist office. And there's some knives in there. There's also um, things like that you would use for like a cleansing ritual. There's like smudge sticks and things like that. Um, sage, crystals. And then underneath is another layer. So obviously CA has been going through my drawers. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I want to win. Are <laughs> 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 right, gonna look at the second layer? Is this refuse from the Muter Museum? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yes, I would like to look at this second layer. On the second layer, all you see are dried up spleens. Yeah. I knew it. Oh, I knew it would be. Like Each one has a name next to it. Oh, oh, it's the collection of a of a <laughs> organ stealer. Oh, okay. Is one of them named Bob by chance? <laughs> there is a Bob spleen. Ah, uh, Bob, you poor. How poor could bastard. you know that? What do you know about TK? <laughs> TK, what do you know about Bob? In every RPG campaign, there's always a Bob. It's a rule. <laughs> <laughs> every, uh, every game I run since my first game, there's an NPC who's a lich named Bob. <laughs> Same with Daquan. He uses a, <laughs> there's always a Bob in one of his campaigns. But he's always drunk wherever you find him, no matter what campaign it's in. So this would be kind of like a, a voodoo kit that you could use in like your Call of Cthulhu game. So you stab the spleen of somebody uh, from the thing and they, you know, your target feels it? Correct. Instead of using a doll, you would use their spleen. Now, what if I smudge stick the spleen? What happens then? <laughs> Nothing happens when you smudge stick the spleen. Okay, I take baby powder and I slap it around a little bit. Somewhere there's a very upset person. <laughs> As you slap baby powder on a spleen. Like I'm making a steak. <laughs> My spleen oh, feels God. weird. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty dried out. <laughs> they're not like fresh spleens. Not like it was a good day in the field. Add a bit of oil to it. You know, let it soak in water for a little bit. It'll come right back. See a guy with no expression? You look healthy. (laughs) Would you like to see my flesh roll? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I have this bathtub full of ice. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. (laughs) Wouldn't you like a nice cold bath? No, no, I wouldn't. On such a hot day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cut out all the laughter and smash all my voices together. That way it's like uber creepy. (laughs) And then put in our laughing. Leave a moment of silence after you say it and then put all our laughter. (laughs) Oh, God, that'll be hilarious. All right, TK, I need something flashier than a flesh roll. What do you got? (laughs) You Uh, can't call it a flesh roll. (laughs) It's too late. I wrote it down. Yeah. Like kind of... <laughs> I asked it was made of flesh because I was like, this is going to go really creepy. Uh, what you find, you reach in to this container. We are controlling transmission. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, TK had to drop out of the call. So, uh, we're just going to wrap up the show real quick. Um, one final reminder. So, this weekend, if you're listening to this on the day that it came out, tonight, and also uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, we will be having the Stink Razor. Uh, our three-day charity Stink event. Razor. That's right. Our three-day charity event. Sorry. For, no. <laughs> Sorry. We're discombobulated. <laughs> and people understand. <laughs> our three-day charity event for our good friend Alex. Um, and, of course, we talked about that earlier, so we don't have to get into all the details right now. But you definitely want to check it out. And if you could donate even a dollar, that would really help us out. Yes. Starts tonight, 8 p.m. Uh, we have a new one this week uh, in April. Uh, we are now part of the Empire Steel Podcast Network. One of the other shows that is on that network is Arc City. Uh, they've been away for a little bit after the end of Season 1. However, Season 2 is now coming out uh, sometime in April. Where we'll have a date for you uh, in a little bit. But uh, we're very excited about that because it is a very good show. 
Uh, so April of 2019 should be very exciting. And then finally, we want to talk about Gen Con. Of course, it is in August, uh, so you may be thinking to yourself, well, it's kind of early. It is not early. Now is the time to get yourself tickets and hotel rooms and things like that. We are meeting a bunch of Thread Raiders there. Uh, we're going to have, a, hopefully, a little event. Uh, we're talking to them about getting a room, right? Aren't we uh, trying to do... Correct. Um, so they did email me recently. Uh, we just have to work out how the pricing would be. Uh, it's not 100% yet, but at least we're one step closer. So uh, we're going to see if we can make it into a charity event, which would be pretty cool. So. Nice. Yeah. And then we're also getting together on Wednesday night uh, with a group of us. Um, last year we had about like 50 people. So it was a pretty good crowd. Uh, we get together. I haven't picked a place yet, but we usually get together at like a bar where there's like cheapy cheap food so we could save up money for all our RPGs over the, sure, <laughs> the weekend yeah. that we're going to be buying. Uh, and then I am staying at an Airbnb. And if it's okay with my roomie, uh, we might have some people over to do like a Thread Raider breakfast, which would be pretty cool because we have a kitchen. You have to economize at a con. That's a thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just let them know that you have to call the fire department if you decide to actually put on that event. Let them know that way they're I have the, I already have them on speed dial yeah, just in good. case. You know, you don't know. <laughs> and with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope that you enjoyed it. We would also like to thank our sponsor, Tabletop Loot. If you use the code THREADRAIDERS when you're checking out, you will receive a 15% discount on your order. And we would also like to thank uh, Founders Coffee, our other sponsor. Uh, of course, we mentioned that we're part of the Empire Steel Podcast Network. You can listen to their other shows, A Quest for Magic and Steel and Arc City, as well as uh, our own show on their network. And if you enjoyed our show, please give us a tweet to help us spread the word. And for more information on the Thread Raiders, you can go to www.threadraiders.com where you will receive links to all of our social media properties, including Facebook, Twitch, etc., etc., etc.